Last episode, we heard from my friends Cindy and Jill. Let's rejoin the conversation now and listen to what they're doing in response to their journeys through cancer. Tell us about Lemons of Love. Tell us about Cindy. You know, we'll go with Jill. And then when we get to Cindy, what what you're doing because of this. And I think that's that, you know, I hear this kind of like nebulous kind of gray area you were in of that door being the door of healing, not the door of death and the counting up and then counting down. But you both came out of this more determined to get to work for other people, maybe so than you were before you went through it is what I'm hearing. Am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so for me and I, Cindy, same thing for you. Like I felt great going to my first chemo. Like I didn't feel any bit of sick. Um, and my surgery was five weeks prior. And so for me going into my very first chemo, I had no idea that emotional brick wall of walking into a cancer center and seeing everybody in their different stages of their cancer and what their bodies looked like and what their body language looked like. And I sat there in the waiting room after doing my blood work and waiting for my first chemo appointment and looking at the other people in the room. And what I didn't grasp right then was I needed to make a connection with these people. I didn't know it then, but I knew it the next day or leaving my chemo appointment. And I, how do you make a connection with somebody who's sitting across the room from you, sick as a dog from the drugs they're putting in you or the cancer that's eating your body? Um, how, do you, how do you say the right thing to that person? So for me, what I did was after my first appointment, I had, my oncologist told me that the drugs I was getting, I needed to move, I needed to walk. Cindy, you were probably working out. For me, it was a good power walk. I would either go with a friend and go take a look, you know, a couple mile walk in the, in the woods. But for me, it's funny because my chemo appointments were on rainy days. I did mine throughout the spring and summer. And so I ended up at the shopping mall. And so for me, I, I ended up going and buying things to put in gift for the other people in the waiting room. Mm -hmm. And so two weeks later, when I went back to my next appointment, I walked in the waiting room and I had a gift for everybody there that had an armband on that was going in for chemo. And I was met with all emotions, but it was the most empowering thing I could have ever done for my selfish being because it made, it gave me a connection. It gave me the power to talk to somebody and ask them, what's your story? Because that's how I am. I'm that, I'm that person who wants to know what, what drives people, what makes you happy? What, what's, what's your story? So, you know, after first, second, third chemo, when I would go in for my appointments, I would see there was two gentlemen that had advanced stage prostate cancer and they would walk the halls with their IV pole. And on their IV pole was their lemons of love bag. It was before it was lemons of love. It was just, I, I kept calling it my little lemonade project. I kept saying life gave me lemons and I have to make my lemonade sweet. So for me, it was all about what was I going to do? How was I going to make my life better? And how was I going to make everybody else's life in that cancer center better while I was there. So as you guys know, my little lemonade project grew into a massive, massive lemon tree. And that is because of my motorsport community, because of you guys. Um, I did all my treatment. I spent about $20,000 buying gifts and giving gifts at every one of my appointments. I would go in on a Monday and do my eight hours of chemo. And then I would come back on Wednesday and get disconnected from the pump that was attached to my port, Cindy, you know the drill, and get flushed with fluids. 
And I would hand out care packages at both of those appointments. And then I would have be sick for the rest of the week. And then the next week I felt great. And I would go shopping again and put these packages together. And the next week I would bring them and hand them out. Um, but to see the people further into my treatments actually filling up their, their tote bags that I gave them with the things they needed at their next treatment and walking around with these hanging on their IV poles, I knew I was doing something right. Um, and towards the end of my treatment was uh, September of 2014. I came to Road America in August for the IMSA race. And when I got there, some of my drivers and teams and engineers, they raised some money for me and they wanted to give this to me to help me pay my bills. And I didn't want the money for me. I wanted to use the money and I asked them, can I use your money to pay it forward and incorporate what I'm doing so that we can start raising money and keeping this going. And they said, absolutely. And that's when Lemons of Love became official in September of 2014. Since then, because of the motorsport community, um, we've been able to share 16,000 plus packages. They've gone to all 50 states, 16 other countries. Uh, we have a cancer resource center in my hometown, which is about six blocks from my house. We not only offer the care packages, but we offer free services for anybody impacted by cancer. So Stan, that would even be you. Cheryl's aunt went through cancer treatment. It impacted you. You could come for a free yoga class or for a nutrition class or a wellness class or a speaker or a support group. And up until COVID, we were rocking and rolling and regularly having all kinds of amazing things in this building. Um, and we've been shut down since March 10th, just because people in cancer treatment really don't want to go out anywhere. So we figured, you know, close the doors and, and open back up when things look better. But um, there's a lot of really, really good people in the world who have been impacted by cancer and a lot of good people in the world who haven't been impacted, but know somebody who has. And so that's what continues to drive my organization forward. Um, I used to get to do stealth deliveries in hospital waiting rooms, like not just the place I went through treatment, but I would go to some of the other Chicago hospitals and bring them in in these big Ikea bags and hand them out in the waiting room. And it was so random. It felt like Oprah Winfrey, you know, you get a bag and you get a bag and you get a bag. Um, and now <clears throat> it's really hard with COVID. Like we literally pack them in somebody's car, roll up to the hospital, the hospital rolls out a cart you put the care packages on the cart, they put it in a closet for a couple days and that human connection is gone. Mm. But someday it'll come back. So I, it is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And to your point, Stan, I'm busier than I've ever been. This organization has grown larger than my little racing business that I run. Um, it's amazing to see humanity in action. And that is what drives it. It really is. Hey, Jill, can you explain to others just real briefly what are yep. in these care packages to the people that may not understand? Absolutely. So what's in the care packages are things that nobody really needs unless somebody who's in treatment. So it starts with lemon drops. Um, we've moved to an organic lemon drop uh, and that takes that metal taste out of your mouth. So when you're going through chemo, so like colon cancer, some breast cancers, some lung cancers are treated with a platinum-based drug and you get a port that's put up in your upper chest that goes into your heart vessels so that the drugs are hitting your bloodstream immediately and you taste it. So the lemon drops take that awful taste out of your mouth. Um, we partnered with a company in San Francisco that makes organic 
um, lotion, scentless lotion, because your skin dries out. Um, it's got organic uh, ginger tea for upset stomachs. We have uh, something called Queasy Drops that are made by a company that makes anti-nausea um, lozenges. They were originally made for pregnant women, but they found that people in chemo do really, really well with them. Um, we've got an organic lip balm called Lemonade Lip Balm. It's made by a company in Sheboygan County, which is up by Road America. Um, it's got four ingredients in it. It's amazing. Um, we have a bottle of spring water for hydration and then a refillable water bottle that says Lemons of Love on it. And every one of these packages, I know I'm forgetting a bunch of stuff, but they all get topped off with a pair of superhero socks because I believe that anybody who's had to go through treatment for cancer automatically gets superhero status. And then we have, this is so great. Um, and Stan, you can reach out to your, your church group to see if they wanna help with this. Every one of these care packages has a happy picture from a small child. And we ask the kids to just draw what makes them happy. No words just rainbows, butterflies, kittens, whatever makes them happy. And then just put their first name and their age on the back. And I got to tell you, we can buy all the things in the world and put them in these care packages. But the most, the most spoken about things that we, we get emails back, we get thank you cards, we get phone calls, those happy pictures, they just rock someone's world. So just to know that a, a small child knows that they're in treatment and they gave them a happy picture. Um, it's the coolest thing. So yeah, it's a great gift. It's, it's, uh, Cindy, as you know, it's, it's, cool. it's something that you can give to somebody without having to say the right things. And that's, that was important to me because as I sat in the waiting room, looking at all these people, not knowing how to connect with them or what to say to them. Like I wanted to say to them, I wanted to look at each one of them and say, I'm, I'm so sorry you have to go through this but people don't want to hear that. Cindy, that's why you didn't tell people because you didn't want to, you did not want anybody to come back to you and say, I'm so sorry, you have to go through this. I get it. I would have done the same thing, but my story turned out a little bit different. So yeah, I get it. That's great. I mean, that, that's, and, and it's, your organization's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm just <laughs> so proud of you because it's truly helping so many people, you know, and because, like I said, when you first hear that news, and like I said, I don't care if it's cancer or whatever, you know, that that dark stage of just being in total mm -hmm. confusion and overload mm -hmm. and having your organization there to help out in so many ways. It's kind of the old cliche. You don't know what you don't know, you know, totally. and when totally. you get diagnosed, you're like, I, I don't, you know, and then the, the only, and, and again, stand not to get off on this, but one of the biggest advice my oncologist said, stay off the internet. Totally. Off the internet. Don't Google your, don't Google your stuff. Nope. Yep. Stay yeah. off the internet. He says, I cannot tell you how much bad information is out there right now. So you know why that is? Because people only human nature tends to want to go to the negative. So yeah. if you have a positive experience with something, how are you? are not going to go to the internet and tell the world, oh my gosh, this just happened. But something horrible happens. You want the world to know how horrible it is. So 99% of the stuff on the internet is all the bad stuff. True. But I, but I hear both of you doing the opposite. Like Cindy, tell us more about what you were saying with, you know, it's, it's weird to say this has been a blessing, but in a way it, it sounded like you were getting close to saying that while ago, if you didn't say those exact words. No, for sure. Sam. I mean, it, it, in many ways, honestly, I look back on it before this, this, this happened. And it's like, I was running at warp speed every single day, seven days a week, 26 hours a day. I mean, just to the point where, and I'm a firm believer. I still think, you know, um, 
I'm that my lifestyle didn't help much to be diagnosed. And, and I'm not saying, you know, that from a, you know, drinking or smoking or, or that type of a thing, but I just mean running at such a pace where I wasn't getting sleep. I wasn't taking time out. I wasn't hanging out with the family. I mean, I was just all about being that professional and just, just hitting it hard and, and helping others out. And, but looking back on it, I mean, I was there, there were years where I was three hours of sleep, three hours, three to four hours a night. That was it, you know, and kind of, so the point is, I think, you know, it was my, it's kind of a, maybe a whole variety of things, but um, I think now that uh, since it's happened, I kind of have a whole new appreciation, not necessarily slow down, but slow down for others, you know, and, and give them a hand and just stop for a second, you know, and, and help who you can, because it's something to where this world is going at such a pace to where we need to help others because it makes us feel good. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's like one of the things I teach, you know, from family members to little people to whatever you want to make yourself happy, go help somebody. Simple as that. Carry out their groceries to their car. I don't care how small it is or, you know, when you got somebody and, and, and I have family that are getting to my parents are the elderly age. And, you know, when I see somebody struggling to reach for a can of food at the top of the grocery shelf because they're in a wheelchair or they're in one of their strollers or what, I'm like, you know, before I would have walked by and just kind of said, oh, I feel sorry for that person. Now I stop and I'm like, can I help you? Is there something can I grab for you real quick? Or what, what can I do to make your life better? And I'm not saying I'm a, trust me, I am not a, you know, saint. I am not, I am, a, you know, I'm a bad person sometimes, especially when it comes yeah. put a helmet on or whatnot. My, my vocabulary turned into a sailor, but anyway, so, but the point is, it's just, you know, I think it's made me realize that, you know, there's a different, there's, there's other things going on now that are more important. And, um, in many ways, my marriage is better, you know, um, and just everything, everything about it is, is better. But I think this comes down to appreciation, you know, sometimes having a boring life. <laughs> I yearn for that. That's one thing I yearned when, when I was getting done with all this, I just, I don't take this wrong doctors, but I just, I don't want to go back to a doctor's office for a long time. And I'm not saying I didn't, I, I, I'm not ignoring my health. I'm not saying that. Just when you go three, four, five times a week in doing this test, that test, whatever, just a little normalcy, I craved. Just yeah. a little normalcy. It's all I wanted, you know. So, um, but one thing I did do, and this is, but this is where Jill's company comes into play, and it fits this mold because when I was going through this, I wasn't asking for help, and I, and I, sh- like I said, I probably should have looking back on it. But what my oncologist did do for me, which which I was kind of surprised they didn't have this readily available. But I think, you know, again, if they had, Jill, if your company would have been like, you know, if they would have known about your company, this is what I was reaching out for. But I found an organization that it was strictly, they hook you up. It's, it's an angel of something, something, Emmerman I forget the name. What's that? Immerman Angels. No, yeah. Were, were they Immerman is a very good friend of mine, yes. Okay, well, what I mean, I, I just cold called and said, I am going through this. I want to talk to somebody exactly that's in my situation with the type of cancer, with the type of, I mean, to the, I mean, I don't want to have somebody that said, oh, yeah, I got breast cancer. Or I have prostate. And I know kind of like, nope. I want this person. And to this day, I've never met him face to face. We talked, texted all the time. He knew when my chemo treatments were happening. He'd always text me during that. I know what you're going through. Do you have the bitter taste or do you have the metal taste yet? That angel is just unbelievable. You know, and I remember going through that. I want to be that person to somebody. I don't care if I ever meet him face to face, but it's the text three days later. How you doing? (laughs) 
it's about right now when you're going to start getting oh. a little bit, you know. So anyway, it, that was a special deal for me. And um, I think that a lot of times, I think the biggest lesson, you know, Stan, and, and, and you and I have had these conversations is I think being able to ask for help is not a sign of failure or being weak. And I learned that. Well, I hear, I hear so much. I mean, we've only scratched the surface and I could talk to you two for hours, but uh, I definitely hear perspective from both of you. And, you know, for Cindy, uh, the people, the people who are watching this don't know you like I do. I mean, for you to slow down uh, b before this was probably like asking for just the, the unthinkable, you know I mean? Not, not that you weren't a kind person and that you didn't get people time. You definitely did. But I hear you slowing down in a different way. Kind of like, Hey, yeah, this that was so important before can wait a couple of minutes if I can help this person. Uh, maybe even more so than you did before and you were doing it before, but now it's almost heightened. It's, it's, it's more of the forefront. And I don't know, you guys, you, you two give me chills because when I hear things like reaching out and looking for somebody who's been through what we've been through, um, I mean, God is using both of you to do exactly what God does. He, you know, thanks to, Jesus being incarnated and being fully human, he went through everything we've gone through. The, the thing is, is that it's very difficult to talk about something like this and not make it sound like, oh, what, what a great thing that you guys had stage three colon cancer. No, nope. no, of course, God doesn't want you to have stage three colon cancer, but it's almost like what happens after a wildfire, you know, lightning strikes, something gets burned and from the fire, new life comes from it. And when I see you two, I think about the new life you have identified because of the fire that you've come through that I don't even really totally understand, but how you can talk to other people who are currently being burned or have been burned in a way that I can't is a gift. And then the perspective change that you have because of coming through it and him bringing you through that is for a purpose. And both of you are doing work, you're the hands and feet basically of, of Jesus to other people who you can minister to through what's happened to you. Like no one else can. I mean, I couldn't do it. No one else could do it. They could go in and say things. And quite frankly, we probably wish they hadn't said things. Uh, I may have put my foot in my mouth even on this. I don't know. But, but that's just it. You guys do know, and you have a way of being that person like you described, Cindy, that I know I want somebody who's gone through exactly what I've gone through so that I can talk to that person. And you two are two of those people. And that is a blessing to all of those out there that are not on the other side of the fire being out yet. Well, the thing is too, and, and, and I'm sure Jill will kind of smile at this. There's other ways to come. I, I kind of call it this kind of on the other side of the curtain now, you know, kind of like, yep. you know, I'm not a, I'm not saying my life has changed radically 4,000%. No, I'm still the same, you know, crazy person or whatever likes to laugh and giggle about their race cars and have a great time. But I think everybody needs to find their moment, you know, and everybody needs to find their, you know, yeah, Jill and I went through the same type of a illness and we got through it, but you don't have to go through that to come out to where we're at now. I'm just saying there's other things that, that through your work, the ministry, and there's so many things, but I think that honestly it's, it's for so many people and Stan, you can probably attest to this through, through the work. I'm just, I wish there's a way that you can just teach people it's okay 
to say, I, I, I could use some help. I, I can use a buddy to talk to. I can, I can, you know, I, you know, I take care of my family and my, you know, everything and take care of my business or whatnot. But what about that person who's taking care of that person just for 10 minutes, you know? And, and that's what I'm trying to say is that there's, when we say we're lucky we went through the cancer, we're not lucky. We got through it. We put our head down. Yeah, it was crap. Okay. But there's a, there's always a silver lining, but sometimes you don't need to go through cancer to come out with that silver lining. Definitely. I concur. <laughs> I concur. Uh, and yet not to sound morbid and I sure don't want to end on a downer. But eventually, no matter how long we live, unless he returns, uh, somebody's going to face something that's going to be equivalent. Right. And I think the people who live kind of like in the perpetual state of I'll worry about that later, I'll worry about that later, um, don't get that perspective you're talking about, Cindy, because right. you don't have to go through cancer to, right. to, to have a metamorphosis. You know, you can do the right. caterpillar to the butterfly deal without having to have cancer be the cocoon, but you can also push it off and be a caterpillar your entire life. Uh, and then one day realize that you've got to enter the cocoon, no matter, no matter what. And so I think there's different types of people that uh, fit into those categories. And I think, honestly, we got to look at this, like, I, I don't mean to keep going back, and I don't know when this is going to air or, or whatever, but what we're going through right now in this world, we're, we all know we're going to get past it at some point in some way. Okay, I mean, that, that's just my belief, and I I'm, I'm hope I write. But until then, we have to go through these challenges. Well, it's the same thing that, that Jill and I had to go through and others. But the point is, there's always something good to look forward towards. And I think, honestly, just getting up, whether it's snowing where you're at, it's cold, it's chilly, you're able to go outside and you're able to walk. You know, I mean, there's, there's a sound very simplistic, but, but there's a lot more to be grateful for than, than negative in the world. Yeah. Amen. Well, I also believe that gratitude builds positivity within human beings. And when you're grateful for the things you do have as opposed to the things you don't have or what you're going through, including COVID and the world as it is right now. If we find the little things to be grateful for the silver linings, we will all make it through this and we'll all find better days ahead. I mean, how nice is it to be that we're going to be at the racetrack with not wearing masks or, or doing stuff. I mean, it's all of us. We just like, Oh my gosh, it's so nice to be able to give someone a hug. You know, I know. I know. Or shake their hand, you know, I mean, all those little things we all like, yeah, whatever. We're, you know, that's just, you know, we don't take it from me. Seriously, I crave giving people hugs or to receive a hug. I miss that, you well, know, but someday we'll be there. We'll get there. Yeah. Well, hey, I appreciate both of you. You're both a gift in my life. I love friendships like we have where we may go for a while and not see each other, or unfortunately, we may not talk. We may just email or whatever. And then all of a sudden, something like this, and it's like we just pick up right where we were. I love it. So, uh, I love it. Uh, I'd like to close us in prayer, if that's okay with you. Sure. Great. All right. Father, thank you so much for this time with uh, Cindy and with Jill. Thank you for exactly how you've made them. Thank you for pulling them through this awful disease, cancer, um, and equipping them with information and feelings and uh, just the, the desire to go out and look for others that uh, need help. And as Cindy has said, might be afraid to ask. Um, I just, I see you working through them. I see you having a special purpose for them. And I thank you for exactly how you've made them and how well they represent you to all those they encounter. I also pray that for those who 
are, are not uh, ready to receive that yet. The ones who Jill mentioned push back or upset or say things that are hurtful, um, that you'll, you'll let that um, slide off of them and know that uh, in due time, some of the things that Jill and Cindy say to people, even when they're angry, they will remember months or years down the road uh, and it'll sink in and it'll make sense. And then they'll pass it on to somebody else. We're just amazed at the mystery of how you work. Um, and we're thankful for, as both of these ladies have said, the hope that is in Jesus and the future um, and how one day you will restore all things to be better than we can even imagine. And we hope that that day will even be today uh, or tomorrow. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.